uh, when, we, when we started the series last week, I shared just kind of a, a story about how if you were walking through the zoo, right, you're walking through the zoo and, and you're on this path and you're headed towards the large cats and, and as you, you, you do, you look up and you see the outline of a, a lion or something, you know, in the distance and there's a part of you that's like, huh, that's odd because the lion's not supposed to be on the path. You know, the lion's supposed to be in the cage. And so, obviously, you know, human nature kicks in, fight or flight, and you, you think to yourself, uh, I've got to do something about that. that that's, and so you might be afraid. So you're scared because there's a lion. So what do you do? You do something. You, you, like I told you last week, I would run. And, and I would run as fast as I can. And, and I also said that if I ran, outran the person that was with me, I was much better off. Right? Because that's all, how that works is if you, you know, you trip your kid and keep going. You know what I'm saying? Some of you guys are like, oh, he's so mean. I can't believe he would do that. But you would go tell somebody, wouldn't you? Now, you might be motivated out of fear. You'd be like, I'm afraid, so I got to go tell somebody, you know, and I, I got to get some help here. We, but there's a cat outside, and it's a big one, and it's scary, and it'll eat you, so I want to make sure nobody gets hurt, and so I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to tell somebody. Well, the same is true, I think, with love. And sometimes we're motivated by fear, and I think sometimes we're motivated by love. Is that if we love someone, we would tell someone. It, you know, we would do something about it. We would act in certain a certain way. And, and, and so what I'm trying to get to with these two weeks is simply this reality is that if we truly love God, right? The Bible very clearly says if we truly love God, we will do what he tells us to do. I, you know, and sometimes we make it more complicated than that, but it's really not, is that God says it, we should do it. And so one of the things that Jesus has very clearly said to us that we need to do is that we need to share our faith with the world. Like we literally need to tell people about what Jesus has done on their behalf. And so Jesus commands us to do that. If you don't believe me, look in Matthew 28. Matthew 28, verse 18 and 19. I'll just read it to you. James came and told his disciples, I'm sorry, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. That is a lot of authority. And in that authority, he says this, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Is that unclear? No, it's not. And so, so, so one of the things that's essential to a disciple who is being obedient to what God has told them to do is that we have this habit in our life of sharing our faith. Now, if you're a believer, that's for you. If you're a non-believer today and you're like, I'm not sure I'm in yet, hey, I just want to say I'm glad you're here because I believe God has a word for you as well. I believe as we talk through this, there's going to be some things that God starts to stir. And I hope you would open yourself up to hear the gospel, maybe for the first time, and realize that it's for you. Is that God loves you, and he loves you so much that he sent his son for you so that you might be able to have a relationship with him. And so I'm just glad that you're here. But I do want to start here with this idea of how we go about sharing our faith. Now, I think it's important we start with how not to. You know, because we, we maybe have all been a part of a situation or maybe you've even been on the receiving end of someone who was doing it in such a way that it was fall into the category of how not to do it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because isn't that true that Christians always get bagged out for that? 
Like, that's the thing. Like, that's the first thing that people go to. Like, well, you just, you're just like one of them crazies that stand out on the bridge and yell at people. And, you, you know, like, it, it is. It's one of those storylines that people go with and character, characterize, char, caricaturize us in, in this way that's like a cartoon, you know. And, and, and the truth is, some of it's true. That's like the bad part is like there are people that actually are doing these things and they're making us all look bad. I'm just telling you. There's this, and, and so sometimes they, they might scream at people. They might yell at people. They might call people names. You know, have you ever seen some of this? And, 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 and I get it. And look, and I'm not saying that there isn't a time and a place for some of those kinds of things. Because I do think some people are so dense and, and honestly so thick-skulled that the only way they're going to hear it is if somebody says it that way. Like, it, it is true. But I think that's more of a minority than a majority a lot of times. And so I'm not bagging it out completely. But there's, there's this evangelistic style that's called confrontational evangelism. <laughs> Some of you who hate confrontation just went, oh, <laughs> like, whoa, I don't want to have anything to do with that, right? And then some of you are like, yeah, I kind of like that, you know, throw a grenade right in the middle of the thing and see what happens. I mean, it'll be fun. And, uh, and, and so, so this confrontational style is that you show up and you, and you, 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 you call people names, you know, you describe to them what they are, what the Bible says they are. You know what I mean? So if they're a fornicator, you know, you might say something that relates to that in a more current vernacular. You know what I mean? And so you, you use these words and, and, and you talk about like, you know, you're, you're going to burn in hell. And, and you're like, wow, that's, that's great. I, I, I'm really open now to hearing what you have to say. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that with me. I'll never be the same. I mean, you're such a friend. And, and you know, and, and so it's this, this, this part of you that is, just, is like you're kind of repelled by it. Because there's something about it that doesn't feel right. There's something about it that's just kind of like, this seems off to me. Like when Jesus, like, like, no, when Paul says to us in Romans that we come to repentance... Because of God's kindness, that's an interesting thought, isn't it? That literally we are brought to God to a place of repentance because of the kindness of God. And when we start with the other stuff, I'm not sure we're doing a very good job of representing the God we say we worship. And let me just give you a little theology in a nutshell for a second. At the very core of who God is, He's loving. you got to know that. Like it is an attribute, a characteristic of God that out of this love, God exists. It's important you get this. Because sometimes what we do is we take wrath and we make it an attribute of God. Wrath is important, believe me. Because I can tell you, none of you, none of you want to worship a God who doesn't make things right. We all want a God that makes things right. That at some point in this journey, justice is going to happen. That all the, all the things of this world that are so screwed up, God is going to do something about. And all of us like, yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, ooh. We just don't like it when it relates to us. Right? We, we don't like that when it relates to us. Now, wrath is an action. It is a calculated action of God. He is doing something to affect that problem. Get that. 
that is different than it being an attribute of who he is. Does that make sense? Because wrath comes out of justice. And so it's, it's good. And I know that's kind of complicated, but you got to get a hold of that. Because if you don't, sometimes what you'll do is you'll make the wrath piece more important than the love piece. You'll make the judgment more important than what was done on their behalf. And so you may even start with judgment. Oh, you dirty rat. Right? You might start there. And then the person's like, I don't, I don't want to listen to you. I don't like you. You're kind of mean. Isn't it sad that sometimes Christians get described as mean? What in the world is that about? You get it, right? That's so messed up. It's like we should not be seen that way. And I get that it's complicated. And I get the world we live in is complicated and it's hard to navigate. But, but guys, at the end of the day, we should be known for what? Our love, our sacrifice, our generosity, our servant heart. That's what we should be known for. And so it's so important we get to under, that we understand that there's a way to do it and there's a way not to do it. And in this church, one of the things that I hope is that we'll be a church that practices more of like a relational, intentional, servant type evangelism because I think it helps to enhance relationships. And when you enhance relationships, people are more likely to listen. Right? I mean, it's just true. I mean, if, if there's a relationship there and they actually know you care, that's something. That's something. And so I'm going to spend the rest of our time talking about the how-to. How do we do that? How do we tell someone in that fashion? Because this is what I believe about the Bible. If you're a follower of Jesus, it says that you are blessed. <laughs> and you're blessed to be a blessing. And if you're blessed to, do, to be a blessing, you have to ask the question, if you're blessed, am I being a blessing? Making sense. And so am I being a blessing to people? And so what I've done is I've put this next section in the word bless. All right? I've made an acronym right here. And, and, and so, so I'm going to walk through bless. And so you got B-L-E-S-S. -S. Isn't that how you spell it? Is that right? Everybody got that? Good? Good? Awesome. So we're going we're gonna to start here because, see, our goal as Jesus followers must be to go out and bless people every day. Don't be a part of the problem. Be a part of the solution. Why is it that Christians, oh, God help me. Some of you are about to get angry. Jesus. Why is it that we think it's our job to critique everything? Holy moly, people, we've got to get better. Why do you have an opinion about everything? Why? I mean, you have opinions about disciplines you don't even know anything about. And you're like, I've got something. Let me tell you. It's like, I don't care what you think. I really don't. And I know that's really hard. You're like, well, but you should because it's not loving if you don't. No, that's not. So you've twisted that. You've twisted that. What you've done is you've elevated your opinion to like a God. And then if you don't worship it, if you don't do something with it, if you don't share it with everybody you possibly can, then somehow this hole inside you is not getting filled. And so we've got to understand that it's not about critiquing. It's about bringing life. It's about loving people. It's about showing them life. Because Jesus brought that to us. Jesus didn't come being like, hey, you dirty little rat. I'll save you. But you're going you're gonna to suffer. 
What the heck is that? Lord. So, guys, I don't even know where that came from. So, so this word, this acronym, bless. Let's start with B. Start with B, all right? This is how we should do it. This is how we should tell someone. Number one, we should begin, begin your day with prayer. Like, in your devotional time. In your time, maybe when you start the day, you read a, maybe you read a devotion, or maybe you're on the, the app, and you, you go to the version, or maybe you do the SOAP method that we practice as a church, you know, and you go through that process, and you journal, and you, and you read the scriptures and stuff. But when you get to the point of prayer, that you would really spend a few moments praying, not just for you, not just for everybody around you, you know, and God bring world peace and all that, but that you would specifically focus that God that day would bring one person into your life that you can be a blessing to. Just one person that you can have the opportunity to share this powerful message that you would ask the Holy Spirit to give you that ability to speak to that one person. That you literally would walk around your workplace, you would walk around your school, that you would walk around your neighborhood, wherever you are, and you're thinking to yourself, God, I'm looking for the opportunity. Isn't that different than sometimes the things we're focused on? I mean, I just think, like, one of your best things you can do is just turn the radio off. Like, some of you have long drives. Just turn your radio off for five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and just allow the Lord to speak to you. Talk to the Lord. Tell him, God, show me. You know, what is it that you're doing? And, and, and I encourage you to create just a list. I call it, I'm calling it the bless list. These are the people you're going to bless. So who's the people on the list? One, two, and three. Who's on your list? Who are the people you're going to bless? Who are the people that you're going to minister to, that talk to, help them, love them, do something? See, see that's a game changer. That makes people open and not closed. That's, that, that's what happens. And so pray to God that he would give you those opportunities. And so that's B. But, 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 but the next one is L. So we have B, L. L is listen, right? Listen, listen. You got to listen. Because see, if you'll listen, you'll hear what's going on in people's lives. Like they literally will tell you. It'll ooze out of them. Because you know what happens when people are in pain? When they hurt, it comes out. Eventually, it's coming out. Sometimes it comes out in rage. Sometimes it just leaks. But it helps you to see what's going on in their life. It helps you to understand a little bit better so you're, 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 you're tuned in. See what James, listen to what James 1.19 says. James 1.19 tells us this, that we should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. I tell you what, some of us, we will have great relationships if we would just shut our mouth. I'm just telling you. And I'm one of them. All I do is talk. I mean, I'm a talker. That's what I do for a living. And sometimes the best thing I can do is just be quiet and just listen. You know, be available. Tell me what's going on. You know what I'm getting at? And, so, and, and the other side is, you know, the anger stuff I don't have time to deal with today. But, but this idea of, of, of just simply listening. Speaking less and listening more. Listening to the struggles that people have. What is, what's going on in their life? Do you see their pain? Do you see what they're dealing with? Do you even know their story enough? Have you entered into that common space? That, yeah, have you entered into that space that you can then be able to hear 
what's really going on? Because you've heard the old adage is that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that's just true, guys. It's just a true idea. Because they're not going to listen as well. But when, when they know you care, when you show up and nobody else does, huh? when you visit them in the hospital, when you text them during the day and say, I'm praying for you today, when you, when you do those things, game changer. Because the world is not doing it. That's what we're fighting against. And it's so much easier if we'll just jump in it. If we'll just be the light of Christ to these people, to people that need it. And so we've got to listen. We've got to understand where they're coming from. We've got to hear their story if we're ever going to be able to step into their mess. Because let me, let me say this to you. Believers in Jesus Christ, we move towards the mess, not away from it. You know why? Because we have the answer. We have the answer. And the mess is no fun. I don't even want to be around the mess sometimes. I don't like the mess. Matter of fact, I want to get rid of the mess a lot. But the mess is where the action is. That's where the action is. It's not in everybody sitting there going, Yeah, kumbaya, I love Jesus. Those people are saved. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Do you see my point? Okay, all right. So we've got to move towards those things. Okay, so B-L, this is E. E is eat, eat, and encourage. Eat. Everybody like to eat? Okay. See, you're good. You've got it. You like to eat. And so one of the greatest things you can do is invite somebody to dinner. Go to lunch. You know, get a cup of coffee. Just engage them relationally. If you have people in your office, okay, that you've never engaged relationally on that level, why not? Why not? What, what, what could you do? Maybe, maybe there's going to be a moment. You pray for God to give you a moment. And in that moment, you say, hey, you want to get coffee? Hey, you want to grab lunch sometime? I'd love to get to know you a little better. See, see, see how easy that is? And, and it's, for some of you who are introverted, you're like, that's the scariest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I get it. But you've got to push through that. You've got to push through it, do it, then go take a nap. Because <laughs> that's what introverts need. They need time away, so go, get, go take a nap, but push through it. Push through it, and then go take a nap. But it's at the eating, it's at the water cooler, it's over the burrito, the pizza, the, 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 the coffee. It's there that you begin to hear stories. You're listening, you're hearing stories. And you know what you get to do? In that moment that they share it, you get to share a word of encouragement. Just a word, just some kind of word of encouragement that brightens them, loves them, uh, lifts them up. Because, like I said, you think that's happening in their life much? I'm just telling you. A lot of times in this world, what I've discovered is people are beat down. They, they don't feel encouraged. And do you see how that's a game changer for your witness? Is when you bring life to somebody, when you start to use encouraging words, listen to Proverbs 16, 24. Listen to this. A kind word is like honey. Isn't that good? Sweet to the soul and healthy to the body. You are called to be honey, not the other stuff. I'll let you fill in the blank. Whatever's nasty to you, you put it in there. You're called to be honey. You're called to make people walk away and say, man, that was good. 
That was tasty. I want some more of that. Can you put that in my coffee next time? I got to get some of that. I, I, you see, it, it, it draws you in. And so, 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 so we, so we want to make sure that we begin with prayer. We want to listen. We want to eat and, and encourage. And then finally, S, the two S's of this, the two S's. We're going to start with here. Or, the S. I, I, I promise I'm going to get out. The S. I'm like, the S. It's coming. I promise the S is coming. The S. S, number one. Number six. 24. S is serve. Serve. It's when we serve people, right? It's like... It, it, in our world, so many people want something from you. They just want something from you. And, and it's no fun to be that person. It's no fun just to have a relationship that you know is just because they want something from you. You know, I've had people do this, and if you do this to me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not like it, okay? <laughs> but like, like people who work in insurance, I'm going to help you today. If you'll love people and sell insurance... You'll be better off. But if you, if you sell insurance, right, by just using people, they're not going to like you much, and you're going to sell less. I'm just telling you, if you're in insurance today, I'm helping you. I have a guy that I work with in insurance, and that guy loves me. He loves my family. I know it. He's for me. And you know what I want to do? I want to buy his insurance. <laughs> I do. I do. I want to because I know he's for me. I know when we meet, he asks me about my life, asks me about my soul. I talk to him about, you know, you get him saying it's like it's real. It's not like he's just trying to matter of fact, he'll walk out the door and not even sell me anything. He just wanted to talk. You get what I'm saying? It's when you add value, when you serve people, when you do that, it is a game changer. People want to be with you when you do that. People want to, that, to, to be there. So, so we've got to serve. We've got to learn to listen and serve people. And when you eat with them, listen for it. And, and then you say to yourself, how can I love them? How can I serve them in this way? You know, and so you just do it. And, and, and when, you're, when you're overly generous, it's a, it, they're like, whoa, I didn't even see that coming. They're looking now. And when you go to that place, because again, you're blessed to be a blessing. You're helping people. You're serving people. And guess what? Eventually, they're going to be open to what you have to say. They want to hear what you have to say. Why is this person so nice? Why in the world are they keep calling me? Not in like a, you need to come to church, you dirty rat. It's, I'm thinking about you praying for you today. Yeah, yeah. See how it brings life. See how it brings that. Okay, all right, that's S, and, 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 and I'll, I'll do the final S in just a second, but I do want to talk just briefly about Serve Day. Serve Day is a ready-made opportunity for you. So the week after Easter on Saturday, we, we have an opportunity for you to serve, and in the process of serving, potentially share, share your faith. There are people in this world that need to hear the message, and, and so we've created an environment for you to do that. And so if you haven't signed up to serve, get on it. And matter of fact, I wouldn't even tell you to pray about it. Just do it. You know? Like, it's like, why do you need to pray about that? God already told you to do it. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> isn't that funny? It's like, I'm going to just pray about it. Lord, do you want me to serve people? <laughs> isn't that funny? But we do. We do. And then we wait for a confirmation before we do anything with it. Oh, he just hadn't spoke yet. He just hadn't spoke. You know, no, 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 you do it. But then you pray and ask God for opportunities when you're doing it and find out what's gonna, what he's going to do. Because there's going to be somebody that there's going to be a divine appointment that he connects you with. 
So serve. So, so you have the B is begin with prayer. L is listen. E is eat and encourage. S is serve. And then finally, the last S is share your story. Share your story. Now, why is that important? Why is it important? Why is it important that you share your story? Well, here it is. It, it's like a trump card. And you don't even know it. And what I mean is, is like when you share your story, what are they going to do? Argue with you? Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're going to be like, I can't believe you shared that with me. And, and, and matter of fact, they're going to be like, that didn't happen. Well, how do you know? How do you know it didn't happen? You get my point? Nobody's going to do that. You're just sharing your story. And here's what I know about all of you, if you're a follower of Jesus, whether you know it or not, is that at some point you weren't in a good spot. And because of Jesus, now you are. That's, that's part of our story as people, right? And so I've heard people, you know, one of the ways that the gospel gets captured is it's good news, bad news, good news. Good news is you were created by God in the image of God. That's good news. Bad news is we messed it up. And good news is that Jesus came and he restores us back to what we were created to be. Get that. that that's, that's your story. If you're a follower of Jesus, that's your story. And so you have an opportunity to share that with people. And, and people don't get mad at you for telling them how Jesus has changed your life. They get mad at you for saying, stop doing that. You know, when you address that, they, they, when you share your story, they're just like, oh, hmm, that's interesting. Well, or maybe they're like, well, can you tell me more about that? Or, hey, yeah, I'm struggling with some of that. Can, can you? And so it leads to a very healthy, uh, God-honoring place. Uh, because, see, Jesus found you somewhere. Mm -hmm, and he loved you enough to take you to a place where your life is changed, not just eternally, but transformationally forever, like over time, like from now to then, whenever now and then is, he's working on you, changing you and making you into the person that he wants you to be. And my friends, that's, I think that's good news, isn't it? Isn't that good news? And that's, the, that's what we have to share with people. That's what we got to tell them. We got to share those stories with them. All right. I want to end with just this. And uh, the last few weeks, we've been talking about these cards. And at the beginning of the services, the last couple of weeks, I've, I've asked you to look at them. I've asked you to pray with me over them and commit yourself to sharing these cards with people out in the community. And so my real hard uh, uh, next step for us out of this message is not just to listen to a message on how to. Yeah, I think that's what, why education and learning sometimes is so messed up is because it, it only deals with lecture. It doesn't deal with action. And so... I'm trying to help us make sure that we take this message of how and do it. Yeah? Because that's what Jesus would tell us to do. James would tell us to do that. So, so these cards are designed for that reason. And so I just want to ask you today, if you're willing over the last two weeks or maybe just this sermon today or whatever, but you're here and, and you're willing to take this card and give it to somebody and invite them to Easter. You know, if that's you, if you're willing to do that, I want you to hold your card up and I'm going to pray for you. And so hold your card up real high. Jesus, I ask right now that you would receive these cards into your hands. God, we know that in faith, in faith, that you're going to take them and you're going to put them in the right places. God, there are people on the other end that are ready, they're receptive, and they're going to respond. And so, Father, we ask for your anointing, 
on these cards. We ask for your favor. We ask, Lord, that we would reap a harvest of people who are willing to say, yeah, I'll come. Yeah, I'm in. And then ultimately, that we'll see many men, women, and children come to faith in Jesus Christ. We believe it, God. And we're committing ourselves to it today because Easter's next week. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's good. Good. If you committed, I'm proud of you. Keep on. If you you didn't commit, do it anyway. All right? Just do it anyway. It'll help you. But here's the thing I want to end with. Um, People who study evangelism, and there are actually people that, you know, that's their job. They they literally are professors of evangelism, right? Uh, And so they spend time studying evangelism. One of the things that those individuals have said is that it usually takes about 25 times of someone hearing the gospel that they actually respond to it. Like 25 times. And I'm telling you, when you get to be the 25th, yeah, and you get to pray with someone to step across the line, you know what I mean? There is no greater feeling. I'm telling you, it is, it is one of the greatest things. Like I even tell you, like if you invite a friend on Easter, I give you permission to peek when I do the whole head bowed, hand, raise your hand. I, I do. Because if you have a, an, an unchurched friend sitting next to you, please peek. Because I'm telling you, this was what happened. That happens in your life. If it happens, if this happens, it'll be one of the greatest experiences of your life. And I'm telling you, I won't ever have to motivate you to hand a card out again. Ever. So, but some of us get to be 10. Some of us get to be five. Some of us get to be one. And guys, let me tell you, all of it's important. Wherever you are on the number scale in someone's journey, it matters. It matters. And someday you might get to be 25, but someday you might be 10. And that's okay. But please make it a practice in your life. Jesus tells us to do it. And I also believe it's going to change everything for you. And so let me pray for us as we end. God, I thank you so much for your word and what it does and how it helps us. And Lord, you're just good to us. Thank you for not leaving us or forsaking us, for giving us words that we need and ideas and thoughts. And it's just good. Thank you, Father. Thank you. As we talked about the gospel Uh, Earlier in the message, I I just kind of briefly shared uh, if you're here today and that's not a part of your story, that maybe you would describe yourself as someone who doesn't have a relationship with Christ. I want to give you that opportunity today. And so at the end of the service, we always give people that opportunity. And and so I just want to say to you, God loves you. Jesus Christ came into this world died a brutal death with a reason, with a purpose. And you're that purpose. He wanted to get you home. And as you stare at that cross in your mind, if you have that visual, just know that he hung there for you. Not that you would feel guilty or shame, but that you would be overwhelmed with love because of a God who loves you that very much. 
And so with heads bowed and eyes closed, I feel like it's important that we give people an opportunity to respond to the gospel. And so the Bible says, if you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is who he says he is, that he will come in and save you and transform you into the person he wants you to be. Guys, that, my friends, is good news. And so, what I'd like for you to do, if, if you're in a place where you've never done that, or you need to get some things straight, on the count of three, I'm just gonna ask you to raise your hand up. Nobody's looking around, but, but I do wanna ask, heads bowed, just that you'd have a chance to respond to the gospel. And so right now, on the count of three, be bold and take that step so that I can pray for you. I won't point you out. I just, I, just, I just wanna pray for you. And so right now, one, two, three. Go ahead, lift it up. Be bold. God bless you, I see your hand. God bless you, good, good. God bless you, sir. Good, good, all right. Anybody else? Don't wait. You don't know what today holds. All right. Church, let's all pray together. Nobody's praying alone in here. This is a holy moment, a chance for people to take the step that I believe is one of the most important steps they're gonna take. And so right now, let's all pray this prayer together so nobody's praying alone. Lord Jesus, I need you. I know my sin has separated me from you. I need a savior. I ask your forgiveness. I surrender to you. Will you be Lord of my life? Will you change me from the inside out? I choose this day to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those that are making decisions today? God bless you. Good.